The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. It's okay to be flawed. In fact, it's our flaws that make us amazing. That's the message of Dr. Barbara Lowe, a psychologist, life coach, and somatic experiencing practitioner. Her work inspires hope and teaches women how to fulfill their dreams. Dr. Barbara, you're a psychologist, a life coach, and a somatic experiencing practitioner. What does that practice entail? The somatic experiencing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the somatic experiencing practitioner is based on a rigorous three-year training that I've received. And through this training, I've not only received so much clinical skill, but personal healing. So I love to talk about somatic experiencing. A lot of times when we think about therapy, we think about talking, we think about changing the way we think, changing our behavior. But with somatic experiencing, we're more working bottom up. We're more working with the, what we call implicit felt sense, that urge, that, that part of us that comes from the lower part of our brain stem, sometimes where traumas can get lodged in there, and we work on completing and integrating incomplete responses from past traumas and unmet needs that we have. And what's interesting is we have a lot of things that we haven't processed. Animals in the wild don't have PTSD, but they go through traumas, they go through hard things. They have a way of being able to physiologically kind of work through the process, go through a physiological process where they are kind of, they either shake it off or they, like after they've been caught by a wild animal, they might run around and play out the escape and then get rid of all that adrenaline. And they don't have PTSD. Anyway, with somatic experiencing, we can help people to not have PTSD by working with the nervous system and helping to regulate the nervous system through different skills and techniques so that they can be free and more fully present and less dissociated and less stuck on hyper arousal, like on all the time, or hypo arousal, like numb, down, depressed all the time. And is this a a physical process that involves touch or what what does it involve? Some people do use touch and touch can be part of it. I don't use touch. I'm a psychologist. So a typical experience might be if someone comes in and they have a lot of anxiety, they think they have some traumas in their background, some stuff in their childhood, but that's not really why they're coming in. Some anxiety, some depression, uh, some problems in their relationships. And as we get into it, we uh, we realize they're detached from their body. They have a hard time being with the sensations in their body. So we get them used to integrating with their body by using sensation language. And then we might, once we build a lot of safety and stability in the relationship and in their life, we'll start renegotiating some pieces of either unmet needs or traumas from their early life. I work with a lot of folks, for example, who have 
gone through sexual abuse or different kinds of neglect or physical abuse. And so we'll rework those gently, reworking the edges of those things. So starting out in the, in the places that are more manageable and slowly working through. And as we work through, we might say, okay, now when you were little, you weren't able to push away. But what would it be like to take your hands and very slowly act like you are, move like you are pushing away right now. And there's something about how the brain reworks that. It's giving the brain almost a redo. Because what we know is when we call up memory, it's not always like the same slide being pulled up. It actually is being built new in the brain each time. So when we bring in, so when we recall it and we recall it in a new way and we give it completion, it reworks in out of that brainstem area and into the cortex and it runs through the emotional part, the limbic part of the brain and into the cortex and we can experience healing. And when we do it in the presence of a warm, a therapist that we're attached to or a warm uh, relationship where we're attuned with that person, we heal in the presence of another. And then for some people, I'll bring in a spiritual piece too, if they want that piece, you know, where we might bring in the, the present and using imagination, the presence of let's say God or angels. And that's my piece. That's not necessarily somatic experiencing, but we'll bring that in and the person has a different experience and they're able to have a sense of closure. But all the while we're working with the nervous system and keeping it within a zone that's manageable and working pieces of the trauma. So we're not pushing the person back into being re-traumatized. Wow. This sounds like something that's not just a job, but a calling for you. Would you say that's that's true? Oh my gosh! If I could jump up like I would at a like a Tar Heel game, <laughs> I would. <laughs> because yes, this is a calling for me. In particular, right now, I am working a lot with women who want to have a faith plus therapy kind of experience. But it's so interesting because often. When people, I work with men, women, and children, but lately I've been drawn to, in particular, women with traumas from when they were little. And they'll come to me sometimes and they'll say, I want faith based counseling. And I'll say, Okay, I can do that. And then we get in there and we discover, Oh my gosh, the person says, I have a raging resentment against God. I can't do faith based. And I say, That's fine. Let's put that aside. And we're going to work on the traumas. And what's interesting is as we work on those traumas and clear them out from this like a below the surface kind of implicit body-based memory that keeps coming up, they begin to their relationship with their higher power God begins to heal and I, and I didn't even do anything because mm-hmm. it's actually the trauma that's layered on the lens that through which they're seeing all these relationships. It's so amazing. This is not a faith-based podcast, but I I need to follow up with the question because it's interesting you bring this up. I have had several people say to me recently that they're very angry at God, that they believe they cannot trust him. And um, so for for people who are listening who who don't follow along with that that faith view, then I then just just sit back for one second because we're going to get back to things that everyone can use. But 
how do you explain to someone or is it is there a way of healing that they find that okay yes i was sexually molested um they might say and and where was god in that moment you know how do you how do you help them get past that point where they feel like because of the terrible things they've been through there must not be a god or if there is he must not like me very much Right. Well, I actually encourage people to be with that emotion, that anger is a part of the grieving process. And yes, that there is a felt sense of this should not have happened. And I encourage them to be with it. Now, sometimes, occasionally, I have people who really get stuck in bitterness. And I'm a big advocate of you can be bitter or better. And I have chosen with my own life to be better. I think part of the reason it's a calling for me is because I myself have been got, undergone a lot of abuse and trauma and abandonment and uh, difficulty myself. And so there's a process. I mean, there's a process where we need to let ourselves go there. Sometimes people don't really let themselves go there and be mad at God because they're, they pair guilt with it. So I say, let's take the guilt off of that. Let's uncouple guilt with being mad at God and just go there and let you experience it and work through the other side. There's something that has been put in us there that is innate in human beings that we are driven to healing if we will allow it. And if we will not block what needs to come through, we will we, we will heal. And so if we can trust that we can process, if we are growth-oriented, that that resentment, if we're growth-oriented, will take us to higher ground, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then the other pieces really work on the trauma in and of itself because your lens, our lens will shift as the trauma is removed, like this lens of trauma that's in our neural networks, we begin to see from a different point of view, a different insight, and that just comes. Mm -hmm. It just comes because we're actually layering upon God something that is from our trauma. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Mr. Rogers' mom. I like to bring up this quote a lot. It's, he asked his mother, when terrible things happen, you know, what what do we do? And she said, look for the helpers, because it, it does change the perspective, whether you're looking at the eye of the tornado, the eye of the storm, or you're looking at all the people around who are, are there to be vessels of kindness and who are there to help. Absolutely. And, you know, I love this platform of kindness that you have. And this has been my strategy, one way to frame the strategy that I have used to overcome the traumas in my life, I grew up in a, an abusive, physically, emotionally, every way, home. And I mean, like I was kicked out on the street, my dad committed suicide, my mom would threaten to commit suicide, um, my mom would wake me up hitting me. And then I went on, I've been divorced, I've had a stillborn child, I've had children with disabilities, I've had more than what a lot of people have gone through in their lives, yet my whole life is about being kind and loving others, and it's from a place of fullness. 
Why am I able to have this? Well, it's because I've determined to take those places where I've been hurt to get better rather than bitter and to pay the healing forward and to help others, to use it as a place where I can understand others. And often in my office, people have no idea what I've gone through right. unless they've, they've listened to talks like this. I mean, I obviously don't share all this with my clients, but I've begun to share it publicly because I think people need to understand that we can turn it around, that the very thing that has come at us to weaken us, our stuck places can be our superpowers. And it really, really can happen. I mean, the very thing, the very place where calling and purpose has hit me is the very place where pain and suffering has hit me. Hmm. So so somebody who's listening to that who says, yes, I want to get to the other side. I want to get to that higher ground. For you, how did you get to the point of knowing that that this was your special brand of kindness and to be able to implement it? Was there one day that you thought, this is it, I'm going to use all this pain for good? Or was it through a series of therapy? What what helped you? Yeah. Well, I remember one time I was thinking about what my what my calling is. And I got this picture of myself sitting in heaps of goodness and scooping it out on others. Now, that was a time when I was in tremendous pain. And so I, I've had inklings along the way that this is part of my calling. But I've also, you know, I'm, I'm tremendously strong willed. So you know, as as much as I do talk about the struggles my parents had, I'm sure I was a difficult child <laughs> to raise. I mean, they were young; they were coming out of they themselves were abused. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so I used that strong will to be better rather than bitter, and I, you know, it came from a desire. I, I talk to people about the thread of destiny in their lives, and I, I encourage people, this is the life coaching piece, I encourage people to look back at the thread of destiny or purpose that's in their lives. Are you saying and threat no- or thread? Thread. Thread. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And like sometimes we'll even, uh, we'll go through, and in my course, the Hearts Returning Home course, which is launching next month, we go through and we look at all the different areas of your life or all the different interests you've had growing up. Like, and so we'll look at the early years and middle school and high school and what you were good at and what your talents were, what you were passionate about, what your temperament is, your personality. And we'll, we'll use, we'll color code and look for the the threads of destiny that are there. And even when I was little, before I even had faith, before I had the skills I have, I was in my little basement playroom with my animals in front of me and I was up in front of them, teaching them and loving them and caring for them. Well, that's still who I am. That thread of destiny, thread with a D, was always there. And so I think for each one of us, we can look for where that thread of destiny is. But like I said, it's interesting that it's also the same place where hardship has come to me. So it's almost like there's been this dual, almost like there's a calling and a counter calling. And but I've gone with the calling, I've chosen to be better rather than bitter, which seems to be a theme. I don't always say that, but today I'm saying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means somebody's got to hear it, right? Yep, that's what I think. We'll get back to our conversation with Dr. Barbara in just a moment. But first, our kindness call, sponsored by Cornwell Properties, where location matters. Hello, my name is Victoria Richard. I am in third grade. I want to tell a kindness story about my mom. 
She works on a house so we can have family time. Thank you. Bye. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. Do you feel like people who are listening right now who are still dealing with some post-traumatic stress, is there a way that kindness can help them work through that so that they can get to more of the calling part of and the helping part of, of their trauma? Absolutely. So, of course, I'm going to recommend that people get a hold of my course and listen to some of my materials to work on the traumas, or there are plenty of good trauma therapists out there. But I am a big advocate of also creating goodness and happiness in our lives. And a big piece of that is what we're contributing to others and not just what, but how. So there's that sweet spot, that place, that thread of destiny that that is in each one of us. We all have a unique piece to give to the world. So it's not just, I think, in being kind, but also finding the way we are to express that kindness. Mm. This is my sweet spot, but this is not your sweet spot or Adam's sweet spot who's helping you wonderfully (laughs) behind the scenes. But we all have our sweet spot. And so I believe in finding out what that is and going deep with that. Um, I was reading recently a story uh, about, um, it's from the Bible, where Jesus said, don't go from house to house. And I'm not going to go down a religious track here, but what I'm going to say is, he basically said, find a sweet spot, plant yourself there, and give lavishly there. And so I'm a big believer in not going from house to house, but finding the sweet spot and going deep and deep, not from here and there, but from deep to deep. And give yourself all the way to it, and you'll see, not only will you be so satisfied, like soul, S-O-U-L, mm-hmm. but, uh, but other people will glean so much from you. So I know there's someone listening who's saying, I want to find my sweet spot. What is my sweet spot? How do we stumble upon that? Is it journaling? Is it therapy? Is it, you know, what would, what helps somebody get to that spot where they say yes? Well, I think it could be any of those things, really. Some people love journaling. Some people don't like journaling. Some people love therapy. Some people love life coaching. But I do think getting an outside perspective is helpful and however you can do that would be useful. And I would say go through the the different times in your life, you know, the elementary school, middle school, high school, look for what you were drawn to and what people said you were good at and what you thought you were good at. Look for the times where you felt like you were in what we call flow, where it's like, ah, I was made for this. And look at the common themes in those places. Uh, Nicole, I bet that you love speaking and that you love interviewing, <laughs> and that's and I bet you can look back in your life and you can find that all the way back. And I've never met a person where I didn't find this. So mm-hmm. investigate yourself and do it in a way where you feel like you can get some good perspective. And I think it's helpful to get some valid outside validation. Like, yes, when you do this, it is so meaningful 
for me. Um, I think of Chariots of Fire. He said, the, uh, I forget his name, but it's based on a true story. It's a movie and I think a book too. But he said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Mm. So when do you feel that sweet spot of flow and pleasure? That's your place. That's your sweet spot. Go deep with it. And that's where you get to start start your kindness journey from because I would imagine that when people meet their sweet spot it's not to just fulfill themselves but it's to fulfill a need for for all of humanity right I think the focus is usually outward but we enjoy it immensely Mm -hmm. so it's like a double it's like a double gift so before I let you go Dr. Barbara do you have one favorite kindness story that you can share with us today I always like to put people on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one of the things that has been so meaningful for me has been because my mom, my, because my relationship with my mom was so difficult. One of the things that's been so meaningful for me is in my young twenties and even my very late teenage years, there were a few bonus moms that took me under their wing and that meant so very much to me that other women acted like or showed me that they wanted me because I never felt that from my mom mm-hmm. and that was so meaningful and now I do want to say I forgive my mom and she's passed on and I love her um, and there's been a beautiful reconciliation there that happened right before she died. Uh, So that's another moment of kindness. Mm -hmm. But I want to say that now I get to be that for other women. And I mentor mentor and minister to and also do therapy with and teach and encourage a lot of women. And it's, it's a gift. So it's a gift of kindness that was sown into me. And now I'm trying to multiply it to others. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I know it's important to have people who just love on you right where you are at all stages of your life. And that is very neat. Thank you, Dr. Barbara, for talking with us, for sharing all of these healing tips today. I think it's going to be really beneficial for so many people. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. I was so excited to be here and it did not disappoint. I love your platform. You go, girl. That was a conversation with Dr. Barbara Lowe. You can learn more about her message by visiting drbarbaralowe.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section.